Amen. Please remain standing as Penny comes to read our passage of Scripture for us this morning. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. You can find that passage there in your pew Bibles there on, on, in front of you on page 820. Or you can certainly follow along in your own Bibles as well. Again, 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace and I can I'm sorry I can't read the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their own overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in your in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they, had, they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you ex excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete er earnestness, I'm sorry, <laughs> and the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want you to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with this earnestness to others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through his, he is rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish this work, as your, as your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, ascending to, their, to your means. For the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be re relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and as always, make it be for us the word of life that we might be people of life. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon me as well. Hide me behind your cross, oh God that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I was 17 years old, my United Methodist Youth Fellowship, UMYF, or my youth group, went on a mission trip. I grew up in a very small church. I've told you a lot about my home church. It was a church of about 70 people, their youth group from seventh grade to seniors in high school. There were, I don't know, seven or eight of us maybe. Uh, and so we, they, they decided they were going to go on a mission trip when I was uh, the ju my junior year 
of high school. I was one of the leaders. I was a, I was a very visible and vocal leader in my, in my youth group, but I uh, absolutely refused to go on that mission trip. I was scared to death that God was, call, was going to call me to be a missionary. I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point in my life, but I knew that there was one thing that I would never, ever do for the Lord, and that was to be, that was to be a missionary. And so uh, my friends, all of my friends that I'd grown up with all of my life, they went on that little short-term mission trip, and they came back and told all these amazing stories. But I was still intent on making sure that whatever I did, I was not going to be a missionary. And then it was just less than a year later, I felt a call to be a United Methodist pastor. And I kind of wiped my brow and said, whew, I dodged that bullet. At least I'm not a missionary. However, my very first church that I pastored was in Woodward, Oklahoma. And it was, a, it was a similar sized church to what I had grown up in. It was a church of about 70 or 80 people. They were a very, very faithful church. Theologically, I was not a very good fit for them. And their experiences in mission were really astounding. Astounding. That church was founded in 1979. And, and in 1981, they took the very first short-term mission trip from any church in Oklahoma, they took that very first volunteers and mission trip. In fact, it was from that first trip that New Horizon Methodist Church in Woodward, Oklahoma, uh, they took that very first trip uh, to Bolivia. And they took a two-week trip. They, no one they, they just kind of did it themselves. There was no organization. There was no travel insurance. There was no really preparation. They, they knew a pastor down there, and so they contacted that pastor and said, we're showing up, and, and they showed up with a bunch of eyeglasses, and they started handing out eyeglasses and did some other uh, kinds of service projects there in Bolivia. And because of that first mission trip in, in 1981, now the United Methodist Church of Oklahoma has a covenant relationship with Bolivia. In fact, in fact, the president of Bolivia, uh, and, and by the way, New Horizon, they, they ministered among the, uh, the native peoples there in Bolivia, uh, which makes up a huge percent of the population, but they had all, uh, prior to their, uh, this past president, they had no political power whatsoever. They were, they were looked at as, as third-class citizens. However, their, their last president, their previous president, and he served for almost 20 years, was a native Bolivian. And in his inaugural address, he talked about the United Methodist Church. In fact, he talked about the Oklahoma United Methodist Church and said that the Oklahoma United Methodist Church saved his country from the brink of falling. And it all started <laughs> because a little church in Woodward, Oklahoma uh, had the courage to try out something new. And out of that first mission trip, the, the modern volunteers and mission movement started not only in Oklahoma, but around the United Methodist Church, and a special relationship uh, evolved there in Bolivia. And again, here's a, this is a picture of, a, of our current bishop in Bolivia just a few months ago, setting up that special covenant relationship with Bolivia. So here I am, 
a brand new pastor at 26 years old, stepping into a church that has this kind of missions history. I thought I had dodged a bullet, but I really hadn't. And because of that first church that I served, now I have been on nine short-term mission trips throughout my ministry, and I have absolutely, it has absolutely become one of um, one of my favorite parts of ministry is overseas, overseas missions especially, because I have seen, and many of us have seen firsthand, the kind of poverty, the kind of persecution that our brothers and sisters in Christ are experiencing all around, all around the world. So, I dare I say that many of us, probably even most of us, will not have an opportunity or um, maybe not take the opportunity, but many of us may not have the opportunity to serve somewhere in a short-term mission trip or even uh, to give our lives to the mission field. And so how in the world are, can we be a part of, of God's, um, God's saving grace all around the world? Well, today, today we're kicking off Missions Week. Today we're kicking off Missions Week. And so we used to call this Mad Week. We used to call this Wow Week. Um, this, this year we just decided, okay, let's simplify this. We're going to call it Missions Week. However, one thing that has not changed in our understanding of Missions Week and how we approach ministry or missions here at First Church, and that is faith promise. So today we're going to be talking about faith promise just a little bit. There in your bulletin you will find an insert uh, with a faith promise card. We're going to talk about these just uh, here in just a few moments because, again, the reason we're talking about this is because this is a very important part of who, not only who we are uh, about here at First Church, but also who we are called to be as Christians. Jesus, some of Jesus' very last words to his followers found, in fact, they're the last words in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus leaves the disciples with these words, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even into the end of the age. Go into all of the world. Last, our last sermon series, we, uh, we, we talked about reaching our neighbors, literally our neighbors. And I've already heard from some of you about how, you've, uh, how that's opened up the doors for you to begin to uh, get to know literally those who live closest to you in your neighborhood and those who maybe are in your own family or in your, own, your co-workers or others that you come into contact with. Indeed, if we are going to start taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into all of the world, I think it does begin with those who are closest uh, to us. However, if we never get to the ends of the earth, I think that we failed in Jesus' great commission that he has for us. We have, called, we have been called to, to take the good news not only into our own households, but we have been called to take the good news to the ends of the earth. And this, is part, this has been a part of the, of the Christian message for Christ followers from the very beginning of the Christian movement. Here in the book of 2 Corinthians, we, I, I think this is a, it's a fascinating study in the early church and their 
understanding of missions. Now, certainly, certainly we had, uh, we had in the early book, in the, in the book of Acts, we had a description of how, of how they were beginning to care for the orphans and the widows, especially uh, those, who were, uh, those who were in Jerusalem and how the early church was handling that. We find this time and again uh, throughout the New Testament. But here in this, uh, in this second letter to the church at Corinth, or we call it 2 Corinthians, more than likely this is the third or fourth letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. But here it's a wonderful study about, about how, they were, how they viewed missions, how they viewed missions. And so Paul here, uh, beginning in, um, in chapter 8, he talks about, now he's writing to, a, to, the, church in, he's writing to the church in Corinth. And here on our map, you can see the you can see a picture of uh, of Corinth. They're kind of right in the smack dab in the middle of, uh, of of the map. Corinth was a was a very important city, in especially in ancient Greece. Uh, uh, Corinth was was a very important city. So there were ships. You can see that there was a small little passageway. I mean, there's a landmass there where Corinth was. Well, so what would happen was that ships would come from the east and they would dock there in Corinth and it was only about a 20 mile little trip across land. So what they would do, they would put the, this sounds crazy, but this is what happened. They would put these boats on logs and roll them across the 20 miles rather than having to sail all the way around around that large peninsula. And it would save them, typically it would save them at least a week. And it was much safer uh, dragging that boat across land than it was going around that, that very dangerous peninsula there of Greece. And so Corinth was a very important city in ancient Greece. And so Paul had, had planted a church there in Corinth. Now, now, lower Greece there, they kind of had a they kind of had a rivalry with with Macedonia. Macedonia was was north of there, and they were always kind of rivals about who was most important: those who who lived on the uh, really the peninsula of the, the Greek peninsula, or those who lived in Macedonia. And so Paul here in his in his letter to these to these Christians in Corinth, he brings up the churches in Macedonia. They're they're kind of rivals. And he says, now, you know about the Macedonian churches. And, and again, these were churches that Paul uh, and, and others had founded. There was uh, the, the churches up there were Thessalonica and Philippi and, and even Berea. There were, we have two letters uh, to, uh, one to uh, one to Philippi and, and, uh, and, and, on, and also to Thessalonica, a couple to, to the church in Thessalonica. And so he brings them up and says that, that um, they are they 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 have experienced they have experienced abundant joy and in their extreme poverty they have overflowed with a, uh, with a wealth of generosity on their part. So here's what Paul is talking about. So he, he he's telling he's telling the church at Corinth. Okay, so last year we came to you asking if you would give money to those who are the the most impoverished and persecuted Christians, really in the ancient world, and those were the Christians who were who were in Jerusalem. Many of them were the were the original disciples. They were in Jerusalem and they were extremely poor, 
They had been cut off from, uh, from Judaism itself. They were being persecuted not only by their fellow Jews, but they were being persecuted by the Roman government as well. And so they were poor. They were persecuted. They couldn't find jobs in Jerusalem at all. And they were absolutely destitute. They had to rely, rely upon the gifts of others. And so Paul told the Corinthians that, I, I want you to look at the church in Macedonia. They too are extremely poor. They too have been persecuted, the church in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. They've all been persecuted. However, even in their extreme poverty, they have become extremely generous as well. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. They gave not just what they could afford, but they gave even more than what they could afford so that, so that their brothers and sisters in Christ in Jerusalem would be, would be cared for. Would be cared for. They wanted to care for the destitute in Jerusalem. He even, he even says this. And they did this not as we expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then, and then by the will of God to us. And then by the will of God to us. And, they, and he said, they begged us earnestly for the favor of giving. <laughs> they begged us to give. I've been a pastor for 21 years. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I have never had someone come and beg me that they might have the opportunity to give. No doubt, I have come across a lot of generous Christians. In fact, I would, I would say that First Church probably financially is the most generous church that I have, that I have ever seen. And now, some of you certainly have come to me and said, hey, I've got some extra money. Where, 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 can, we, where, is the, where can the church use that? But I don't think that I have ever had someone beg me for the, for the gracious benefit uh, to give, but that's what these Macedonian Christians were doing. They were begging. They were begging, absolutely pleading that they too might be involved in this great mission and great ministry of giving. A couple things from this passage of Scripture that I think is important about how, how they gave. First, they gave, they gave beyond what they were able to give. They gave beyond what they were able to give. And so as we approach our mission giving, um, we know that here at First Church, right at 14% of our, of our annual budget is given toward missions. Uh, about 7 or 8% of that, 7.5% of that is given uh, to, 7% uh, is given to uh, our, our denominational missions budget, and then um, about 10 or 11% is given is given to actual missionaries around the world and, and those mission experiences that we have here at First Church. 18% of our budget here at First Church is given toward missions around the world. And so we recognize that here, I mean, we have our own budget. We have a very large facility. We have uh, we, we have uh, we, we need to be appropriately staffed. We have lots of other kinds of ministries of caring for one another and, and outreach here in our in our neighborhood and, and all kinds of other things that we do. 
all kinds of other things that we do. And so all those other kinds of things that we do are written into our budget, are written into our budget. However, however, the support for our missionaries is not written into our budget. In fact, I would consider it part of that we are called to give even to give more than what we think we are able to give. And that's where our giving to our missionaries comes in. It comes in the abundance that we have, the abundance that we never knew that we had, but it comes out of the abundance that we have. They, they gave of their own. It, Paul did not have to plead with the Macedonian churches and say, oh my gosh, let me tell you all these stories about these suffering people in Jerusalem. No, he said they just simply gave on their own. And then first they gave to the Lord and then by God's grace, they gave themselves to us as well. But first, they gave themselves to the Lord. And that's one of the things that I have found so key. If we're going to be people who understand the global nation or the global nature of Christianity and recognizing that Jesus Christ came not just, not first for Americans, praise God. Christ came for all of the world. And when we come to recognize that Christ came to, to all of the world, th I think the only way that we can come to understand that is when we first give our lives to the Lord. When we first commit our lives to the Lord, first more than we commit our lives to anything else, when we first give our lives to the Lord, then, then we'll begin to understand the global nature of Christianity. We began to understand that, indeed, it's important to reach those right around us, but it's just as important to reach those to the ends of the earth, to the absolute ends of the earth. So, here at First Church, here at First Church, one of the ways that we have been doing this for a number of years is called Faith Promise. So when I first came to First Church two years ago, uh, people talked about faith promise, and so I kind of asked, so what is faith promise? Well, yeah, it's a way that we, that we raise money for missions. Well, so tell me, uh, so, so what is it? Well, uh, it's a way that we raise money for missions. Well, so, uh, so recently I picked up a book about faith promise, and I've learned more about, about faith promise. Faith promise is is indeed a, a wonderful way for churches. It's a, it's a program for churches to raise money uh, for missions, specifically uh, missionaries around the world. And by the way, let me, let, me just, let me just tell you, over the last 12 months, we've had, uh, we, we used to support three missionaries, but we had to drop one of our missionaries. We just simply did not receive enough in commitments uh, through Faith Promise to be able to support three missionaries. We only, we only support two, two missionaries now, and then certainly our, uh, we also provide food every Friday night to our Friday Night Alive ministry, our ministry to our downtown homeless, and we have lots of other mission outreach, but specifically we're now uh, only supporting two missionaries. And so, um, so how Faith Promise works is, is this, that, that, you, that, you, that you begin in prayer and you, you begin to ask God, okay, God, I know, what I'm, I know what I'm giving to the budget of the church. I know what my tithe is to my church. I know what my regular giving is to my church. But this is over and above our regular giving. And so it begins with prayer. And you simply ask God, God, what, what amount would you lay on my heart that you want me, that you want me to give? Now, it may be $50, it may be $500, it may be $5,000, it may be $20,000. I have no idea what God is going to lay on your hearts. But what I found, 
What I have found in my own life is that God will typically uh, give me a number that is bigger than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> that's almost how, that's almost always how it is. God gives me a number bigger than what I am comfortable with. And I think, oh boy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We've got kids in college. We've got a, we've got a wedding coming up. We've got, all, we've got a house payment now. We've, we've got all kinds of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. There's, I don't know that I can do that, Lord. Uh, and so then typically I barter a little bit with God, and, and uh, hopefully God gets his way, and I, and I write down the number that he's given me, and, and, and again, continue to pray through that. In, in the in the Faith Promise program, they, they outline three different ways, typically. So if God gives you a number, just say it's, it's $5,000, and you wonder, how in the world am I going to come up with that? Well, there are really kind of three different ways that, that it typically works uh, that, we, that we'll come up with that money. Uh, one is some sort of unusual or unexpected provision is given to us by God. I've seen it time and again. I could tell you all kinds of stories, and many of you could do the same thing. Maybe you wrote down on that card $5,000, and you, didn't, you had no idea where you were going to get that money. Or you wrote down some sort of random figure, and guess what? You got a tax return, and it was the exact figure that you had written down for faith promise. Or it was a, it was a gift of a, of a loved one that you had lost track of that died and you got a, an, an inheritance that you didn't know anything about. Or, or someone gave you a gift or, 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 or someone, uh, you, you, you got a second job and unexpectedly or you got a bump in salary or you got, a, uh, you got a, 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 a special bonus at the end of the year that you weren't planning on. Somehow, I've seen, it I've seen it work time and time and time again. So um, it may be that you just need to ask God, God, give me a miracle. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to come up with that money, uh, that, you, that, that amount that you placed on my heart. Somehow, there's going to have to be a miracle. And so that's one way. Uh, a second way is, is controlling our lifestyle or our spending habits. Uh, I came across this in my, in my first church that I served at New Horizon. We didn't use faith promise, but, in, but, in, but certainly we raised a lot of money for our missions work. And one of the families there, um, they, she, the wife especially, she loved a, a, a wonderful glass of wine. And she, she was raised in, uh, in Michigan, and she had been raised around... Uh, she certainly saw, saw, saw no big deal with that, but that was just part of her, her routine is she had a, a, a really nice glass of wine almost every night. And so uh, because she felt, God to, she felt God's call to give more to the missions fund of that church, uh, she decided that she was going to cut out wine. She gave up drinking a, 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 a nice glass of wine every night and and she was astounded at how quickly that added up. But it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle change so that, we can, um, so that we can, so that we can give more financially uh, to, the, to the missions ministry of our church. And then finally, the last, the last way, some people find some creative strategies for generating some income. In, in, that, in that same church, I, um, my district superintendent and his wife had been very, very involved in faith promise and and um, district superintendent's wife Bonnie came to me and said, "Hey, if you need your car detailed, our sons are raising money 
uh, for faith promise, and that's the way that they are going to, to raise funds for their faith promise commitment. Their sons were, uh, were early adults at that time, and, and they, they uh, you know, kind of had a little side hustle on the side so that they could, they could meet their commitment uh, to faith promise. So, so as we, as we come to a close here, um, so you have that card there in front of you. And again, it's, so there, there are really two pieces to this card. One of them is a place for your name and address. And the other place on the other end of the card is a place for your uh, financial commitment, the, the amount in your financial commitment. You, when, when the time comes, we're, we're, if you want to do that this Sunday, you're welcome to do that this Sunday. In fact, I would encourage you to wait until next Sunday. Maybe you've already been praying about your faith promise commitment this year, but what, what we'll do next Sunday especially is we'll tear off both sides of that card uh, so that, I mean, we're not, the, the, the leaders of the church, we're not going to have any idea what anyone has committed individually, but we do need to know the total amount so that we'll be able to, uh, to see whether we're going to be able to expand our, our outreach through our missions. In fact, so this year, so um, in 2019, the 2018-19 year, which just is ending this week, our, um, our goal, well, our commitment was $16,360. This coming year, we would love to be able to bump that amount to $20,000. And so what that means is that if you've committed before, we, we're just simply asking that you would commit more. If you've never committed before, we, we want you to engage. We want you to, to engage with this because we believe that, we believe that there's, there's another missionary out there. We know for certain there's another missionary out there that needs our support, that needs our support. And we're going to be looking at that. The only, I mean, we'll, we'll support as many missionaries as you want us to, to, to support. And you'll tell us that by the amount of money that you're going to commit to. And again, if you cannot make that commitment or if there's not a miracle that happens or you're not able to, to change your lifestyle enough or you're not able to get a side hustle to, to meet that commitment, it's, 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 that's, that's no problem. No one's, I mean, that's, it's just, you're just, uh, you're stepping out in faith here. And that's why it's called faith promise. We have no idea how and if God is going to help us to meet this uh, commitment and, and goal of ours, but we're, we're called to step out in faith. And so as we close here this morning, I want us to just take just a, a few moments in, in some quiet prayer. And so I'd ask, I would ask that you'd simply, um, if, before you bow your hands or bow your heads, if you would you just put your hands out in front of you. You just put them on there on your lap. Um, I, I love to do this because when our hands are open like this and, and pointing up, it's as if we're just, we're just releasing to the Lord. You know, sometimes I, I come into worship kind of like this with my hands clenched, and what I found is that I can't receive if I'm, if I'm holding on to everything. And so as we, as we have our hands out in front of us just there on our laps, if you would bow your heads with me. I just want us to take just a few moments here to just begin to ask the Lord. First, we, we, want to, we want to tell the Lord, right there in your own way, under your breath, God, everything that we have is yours. You've given us everything. 
because of you that we have the kind of jobs that we have. It's the kind of retirement plans that we have. It's because of you that we have the kinds of families and the kind of places that we live and the kind of cars that we drive. Our blessings are because of you. And in fact, they are yours. We're just simply watching over them during these few years that we have here on this earth. So God, right now, we give you everything. We first give of ourselves to you, O oh Lord. And then we dedicate all that we have to you as well. Any financial resources we might have, our jobs, our homes, all of our possessions, we give to you. God, we know we are so blessed living in this country. We are so we are so wealthy compared to the rest of the world. And we know that there are literally billions of people around the world who don't know you as Savior and Lord. And God, we want them to come to a saving relationship with you. And so throughout this week, God, we ask that you would put upon our hearts the amount of, the amount of our possessions, the amount of our money, the amount of our leftovers that we have that you want us to commit to you through the life of this church, through our missions program, supporting of our missionaries. So God, we pray that you would give us a number this week and give us the courage, give us the faith to follow through on making that kind of commitment. For some of us, it's going to be really scary because we're, we're really strapped right now. We're giving all that we can, we think, to our church. And you're just simply going to have to work a miracle in our lives for us to be able to, to give any more. We're giving all that we can, we think. And so, God, when there are miracles, we pray for your miracles. Where there are lifestyle changes that need to take place, God, we pray that you would, you would help us. You would help us to be more committed to, to the sharing of the gospel than we are to that lifestyle that, need to be that needs to be changed in our lives. And if there's a side job that, that needs to come our way, God, give us a side job. We just we simply will we commit right now that we're going to do everything that we can. To make sure that your message of, of the love of God through Jesus Christ is offered all around the world. Indeed, so that we might follow that great commission that Jesus had for us to go into all of the world. Speak to us, O oh God, this coming week, today, that others might come to know you. We pray all of these things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.